You're listening to the Doxology and Theology Podcast, where we promote, encourage, and equip gospel-centered worship. For more information, visit us at doxologyandtheology.com. Just for starters, my name is Devin Coughlin. This is the band lab that you're in right now. And uh, um, I am currently, I do stuff for Sovereign Grace Music and uh, do stuff here at Southern Seminary. And I'm uh, almost done with my MDiv um, in uh, Christian ministry. And uh, Lord willing, I'll be graduating in May. Um, and let me, uh, let me pray just to get us started. Father, thank you just for the grace that you've shown us through Jesus Christ. Thank you that you have, uh, you have bought us with a price by shedding your blood uh, and, and want us to something, want us to being able to glory, glory in your name, glory in what you've done. Um, and thank you for the part that we get to play in that in our own lives as we live day to day and then as we serve the church. And uh, thank you for the gift that, that music is and, and music in the context of the body is, that we, we get to do this with, with people, with the people that you have saved and we get to sing together. pray that we would do that ever more effectively, and uh, pray your continued grace on our, our lives and our ministry. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, so my hope in this time is, is just to uh, better equip you um, in, in arranging as a band, playing in a band, um, and then answer any questions uh, related. I wanted to start just first with, with why music matters. Um, I think for, for all of us we have, have ideas of this and, uh, and convictions that operate day to day. We're musicians. Um, but the first thing is just because God prioritizes it. I mean, he talks about in his word, it's good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name. Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Uh, throughout scripture, it's just rife with, with commands to sing. So God, pri- God prioritizes our, our singing. So that's one reason it matters. Another reason it matters is, is it's powerful. It has an effect on on, on our emotions, it can affect us emotionally and on, on what we do. So think about a, um, think about you're, you're at a, at a wedding and, uh, there comes a point in the wedding after women have gone down the aisle and after some, some little girls have gone down the aisle, then everybody stands and just imagine that moment with no music. It, it kind of has a little bit different connotation than when there, there's just a rising crescendo of music as, the, uh, the most important person in that room starts coming down the aisle. You stand to show them honor, and the music comes. Totally different with no music. Uh, or think about a, uh, the Olympics, and, and after the whatever, whatever event they did, hard-fought event, they're all up on the medal platform, uh, and there's just guys standing there. They put the medals around their necks, and they, they just stand there for three minutes and recite orally the uh whatever the anthem is for that country a little bit different effect than when they then they play it with all its its pomp and fanfare so music music has this powerful effect on us and just as music can be used for good it can also be used for ill um when you have an error married to music it's far more difficult to get rid of that error and that's something we have to be very careful with back in the the early church and arius who was propagating a heresy uh, about about Jesus Christ? He set his heresy to music, to, and and it had far-reaching impact as a result, and uh, and divided the church in in significant ways. Um, Mike Reeves has said, "Just as wine washes down food to the pit of the stomach, so melody will wash down good food or poison to the pit of the soul." 
So it's something we have to be very careful with. Uh, but lastly, just in why music matters, music is never more important or even as important as the truth we're conveying. Music cannot do what God's Word can do. Um, and we've heard that throughout this conference already. And uh, I think you guys, you guys get that. Another, another aspect of that is emotion. The, the emotion that we feel in our, in our times of singing can never justify us. I think there can be this idea of justification by emotion. And if we have a strong enough emotion, we can feel more loved or more, or more justified by the blood of Jesus. And no matter how strong that emotion is you have when you sing of the blood of Jesus, you cannot be any more covered by it. Um, so so there's, no, there's no justification by emotion. Uh, the truth, let, let God's word do God's work. Music isn't going to do that. Um, so there's just some opening thoughts. Why music matters. Uh, now we're going to talk a little bit about um, just principles for arranging for congregational singing. Oh, this will be a little bit more, more extended. How many of you um, lead on, on Sunday mornings, lead in the context of band? And then how many of you guys just would just play on Sunday mornings, be a part of a Sunday morning team? Handful of you. And, uh, and how many of you are just here just because? A few of you. Thanks for coming here. <laughs> the uh, so principles for arranging congregational singing. I've been um, leading congregational song for probably in the context of the church for uh, maybe 12 years or so. And uh, I've had a, a good teacher to learn from. Um, which I'm very grateful for, and throughout my whole life, uh, singing singing has been a part of it. Um, sometimes I've appreciated that, sometimes I've not appreciated that. Um, up until the time I was 12, I was a really good kid, and uh, I was a if you if you saw me on a Sunday morning, I was a really passionate worshiper. So I was like the the good kid, the 10 year old kid who was um, expressive, raising his hands, singing loud, and um, when I turned 12, we moved up to Maryland. We had planned a church in Charlotte, North Carolina, moved up to Maryland. And when we moved, I was pretty devastated by that. I uh, was leaving the church that I'd known, the, the friends that I'd known, um, and went to somewhere where I didn't know anyone and, and really had no, no interest being there. And I was upset. And uh, what that revealed, that time revealed, was that my hope was not in God in those early years. My hope was in just impressing other other adults other parents i i knew they thought i was a good kid and i love that like i just wanted them to think i was the greatest kid and uh then we moved and i didn't have that anymore nobody knew me and so uh looked for approval in in other things and other places and i just spiraled into rebellion um and over a couple years two three four years it just led to me uh turning my back on god and turning my back on my parents and the church and and just hating hating the church, hating God, hating my parents, bringing my parents to tears on a, just a regular basis. And uh, it, by, God's, by God's grace, uh, there, was, there was a point where he, he just softened my heart and opened my eyes. Um, I was a place where I was contemplating suicide, contemplating running away, um, or just kind of sticking it out until I was 18. And uh, God, in his mercy, stopped me in my tracks. And... Um, revealed a lot of deception in my life, the ways I'd been seeing my parents, they shut down my life. And it was through through music. So they shut down my life. Then I became Christian. Um, I responded to that discipline. And uh, it was through music, as, as I gave my life to the Lord and uh, began just seeking to walk in obedience, um, it was through music that God really used 
music to build our relationship, my relationship with my dad. And uh, so it was probably a couple years after I'd become a Christian, I started leading in, in small group settings. Um, and we would just talk. We would spend probably, I was leading, it was a youth group, 20 people. And we would talk for probably an hour or two beforehand. I would tell them about just kind of, hey, this is what I'm thinking of doing, and what are your thoughts? And just graciously, humbly, he sat with me who couldn't sing and really couldn't play guitar and just talked to me about, yeah, maybe you should think about it this way, maybe you should do this. And then afterwards, I would lead maybe three songs, 15 minutes, and uh, afterwards we'd spend another hour or two talking. And we did this, I mean, at least on a monthly basis um, for a year or two. And uh, it, was, it was one of the first moments in my life where it's like, I knew, you know what, my dad's been doing this a long time, and I really don't know anything. Uh, so he's got a lot of wisdom for me. Um, and, and God gave me a lot of grace in that. God gives grace to the humble. And uh, go figure, God's word is true. Um, and the Lord just used that to, to knit us together. And then I realized, like, oh, do you know what, he's got wisdom in other areas too, not just music and worship leading. And uh, he's, he's a good guy to pursue. So I'm grateful for that. I'll just share that as, as background, um, as an encouragement. I know I've talked to many, many parents of, of wayward teenagers, and um, I know for my parents it was easy to think that I was outside of, outside of God's reach in some sense. They had faith. They loved me. They prayed for me um, and, and kept me in front of the gospel. And uh, so I hope that's an encouragement to some of you. Um, God is in the business of bringing those who are dead to life. And he has done that for me, he has done that for you, and he is is worthy to be praised because of that. Um, That was not planned. But, back to principles for arranging songs for congregational singing. Um, The first thing is just prioritize the content in in our musical accompaniment. So the rest of what I'm going to go through is really practical, uh, but uh, whatever it is that we're doing musically, we want to be serving the truth that's sung. Colossians 3.16 talks about, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Um, and so a function of our, of our singing is that the word of Christ might dwell in us richly. And so music is, you should be a servant of that. Um, the, the object in our arranging of songs should serve the truth being proclaimed. Uh, and so what that might look like is if we're singing a song, um, this is a, an extreme example, it's easy to go to, but oh, happy day, happy day. And hey, you know what, we're going to do something really cool, and uh, let's do this like just in a minor key, just mix it up a little bit. Um, might not help con- communicate, depending on your context, might not help communicate the joy that comes in knowing that he's washed our sin away, and this is a happy day. Um, might communicate something a little bit more dark, and there's in our arranging it at that point it's not about prioritizing content but it's just about doing something cool um second music is a means uh by which we can serve the proclamation of the truth uh so so our ministry in music is to be word ministry um as ironic as that is uh our what we do when we sing is to help the word of christ dwell in people richly uh so we always want to be rooted in scripture and pointing people to scripture there's nothing that we can say from the platform um, that is, is, has power like God's Word. Nothing. So we want, we want to be um, grounded in the Word of God. So first was prioritize the content. Second is to remember the context. Uh, the context, um, I think, is encompassed in kind of four who, what, where, and when. Um, 
So the who of the context is just the people. The church is occasional by nature. And uh, it means there, there's a, the church is, the church gathered is a particular place, at a particular people at a particular place at a particular time. And those are the people that we want to serve. Um, and so there should be a, a unique and wonderful diversity in, in, our, in our musical accompaniment. As, as, as we arrange songs together, um, there should be a desire to serve those people gathered there. Uh, one of the things that, at Sovereign Grace Music, we, we are seeking to grow in and prioritize is just we don't want to preserve arrangements. Um, so you can go a lot of places and hear a song done. Oh, it's like, oh, it's just like on the CD. And that's fine, and I think it has its place, but that's not the goal. Um, we, we want to preserve the truth and communicate the truth in these songs. And so, so at your local church, um, I would love to hear a song, uh, take any song. It could be a hymn. My hope is built on nothing less. And it's wonderful just to sing it together. We want to serve people in singing. Um, but it could sound totally different than when you hear it at my church. Melodically, maybe the same, but as far as how you accompany, accompany it, I think God's glory is seen in just the diverse expression of His people. And uh, I would hope in some way that when you gather on a Sunday, there's something unique about that group of people, because it is unique, because each of you are created in God's image and um, express something of God's glory in your, in your individuality. individuality. And uh, so we have that opportunity through music to, to express that. Um, so that's part of the who. The other part of the who is just arranging to the skill level of your team. I think this can be something we, we can miss as, as leaders and as, as participants. It's like, oh, if you just did it like this studio musician who's been a professional drummer for the past 25 years, if you just played like him, this would really work. Um, arrange where you are, not where the professionals are. I think it's, a, it's just a common temptation because uh, we can give people a... A, a track and say, hey, just play it like this. And uh, it has its place. I think it's a great opportunity for training and, and discipleship at times, but uh, I, don't, I don't think that should be necessarily our go-to. We want to ar- arrange where we are. Um, and then I think it's helpful to have a functioning, a clear definition of excellence. Um, so what is excellence in our music and arranging? Harold Best has said that excellence is the process of become, becoming better than I once was. I'm not to become better than someone else or, or even like someone else. Excelling is simply and radically the process of improving over yesterday. So I think individually and then as a team, um, just conveying that idea to people. Uh, it, this, is, this is a step-by-step process. And so excellence for you today does not look like excellence for this guitarist in Nashville today. Um, it's, it's unique to you. Uh, and, and I love what Harold says, where it's, it's becoming better than you were yesterday. And just a process of improving over yesterday. So I fear, because we have a misunderstanding of excellence, I fear that too many non-musicians don't become musicians. And too many okay musicians don't become good. And too many good musicians don't become great because we're crippled by desire, but eventual inability to be someone we are not and will never be. Uh, we can neglect faithfully serving in the church because we try to be somebody else or something else knowing we really can't, so then we just don't do it at all. We throw in the towel. Um, and that's tragic. Uh, so that's the who of the context. The what is, is just the occasion. I touched a little bit on that. Um, like what, what are we actually gathering for? And for most of us, when we're, doing, when we're arranging stuff, it's for that, that Sunday morning. Um, 
so questions you can be asking there are, is there anything just in our, the life of our church that we should be aware of? Um, so for instance, if just because I mentioned happy day, Tim Hughes' song, happy day, the, just a second ago, uh, if, if you know somebody has just passed away tragically that week, um, maybe you should not think about not doing a song like that or, or accompanying your music in, um, frivolously joyful ways, uh, but maybe more sobriety in our arranging, in our playing is called for. Uh, so just being aware of those things, having categories for those things when it comes to actually arranging songs uh, is helpful. We want to serve serve the church. Um, another part is is the where, so the location of what we're doing. Uh, for those of you there yesterday when we led, and I know we did it some this morning as well, um, we're in a chapel that's really loud and uh, sound just resonates. And so for for us as a, as a band when we're playing, um, when I'm leading at chapel there, I've got to be very conscious of, of just the room that we're in. And uh, we can't do certain things that we could do in another room um, just because of how much sound resonates. Along with that, there's great benefits being in that room. And when people sing, it is powerful. And you hear voices. And so I want to give, in our arranging, I want to give as much room as I can to singing. So, I mean, take a look at your, your sanctuary or your, the gym that you meet in or whatever it is. And uh, think about how can we use this space to, to serve our people in singing? Um, and how can we musically accompany that? And so uh, for us, when we play in the chapel, uh, another aspect of that is like, I'll tell my drummer, Jared, specifically, hey, the, like the floor tom, the frequency that it's at, it just it fills up this room. Or the bass player, when you're down low, it fills up the room. And so lay off that a little bit. I mean, give some space and know that it has that effect. So use it sparingly. Because if you're doing it all the time, everything's just going to sound like mud. And uh, it's no fun. <laughs> Not a lot of fun to sing in that. You can't hear anybody. And uh, nothing that you do sounds good at that point. Um, so that's the location. And then the when is just the part. So when you're arranging, think, be conscious of what, what part of the service this comes in. Um, and these, this is, I think this is pretty intuitive stuff. Um, but it's stuff that should be said anyways. Uh, we, we want to be aware is are we playing this song after the pastor leads us in prayer um, for our community or are we playing this song during the offering are we playing this song to begin the service or whatever it is just asking questions and how just how can we musically best serve uh, this context as far as the wind goes so prioritize the content remember the context um, and then utilize a process Uh, so I think it's helpful to know Know, know your parameters, know what you're working within when you're, when you're arranging, when you're working together with a band. Um, don't, you, your parameters are how much time do you have, who are you playing with, um, what's their level of musicianship, having categories for those things, and actually taking the time to think through, all right, this is, this is where we're at, and, and um, I've, I only have 45 minutes, and we need to get through four songs. So even though I'd like to work out something really great for this one song, we're not going to be able to spend half an hour there. Um, so that's a parameter that you just have to know. Or you could know, you know what, we rehearse every Wednesday night and or Thursday night, and so we've got this two-hour time built in. Let's spend some time here um, and arrange this song, work on arranging it. Uh, so know your parameters, and then establish a direction. It's, it's helpful to lead. Communicate with everyone where you're trying to go. And so if you're you're developing 
a song and, and accompanying a song. It's, you know what, th this is where it's going to go. You could even point people to the context. This is what we're, what we're trying to do, and I think this is what we'd like to accomplish. Um, so establish some direction and then make decisions. I think this, is, this can be missed in the context of church musicianship, where at some point someone has to say, yet yeah, this is the feel. This is, this is what we should do. This is what the drummer should be doing. Um, this is what the pianist should be doing. Um, just giving direction to people. Uh, and then, so it kind of comes feel, focus, and then uh, sections. And so one thing that we, we seek to do is just think in terms of sections with our songs. Um, so having a clear idea, all right, this is, this is what's going on in the verse, and this is what's going on in the chorus, and this is what's going on in the bridge, or the second verse, or the third verse, or in some cases the fifth verse. Um, but just having, having clear, clear ideas, clear progression, so that, that gives us a lot of flexibility if um, we repeat a verse or if we go to a different chorus or something like that. Um, and then lastly is uh, proceed with humility. So prioritize the content, remember the context, utilize a process, proceed with humility. Uh, humility first affects the leader and practical, practical ways you can put on humility or to, to encourage and affirm those around you. Um, take every opportunity you can to, to just be building up the body by encouraging people. Um, thank them for the time they've taken to do this. Thank you for their desire. Thank them for their their desire to serve the church and be a blessing, a blessing to the body. Um, there are uh, just wonderful expressions of of again God's glory as He's created man in His image. Um, there is something unique that each person brings when they when they're on our team. And uh, sometimes it's like, oh, I have to play with you again. And, but run from those temptations and, and love those people for who they are as a brother or a sister in Christ, as a, as a person created in God's image. Um, so as a leader, encourage and affirm others. Uh, invite and receive ideas. I think, there are, I, I think it's helpful for practices and rehearsals in a lot of ways to be a conversation. Um, I, because, again, because we appreciate and value other people, and we know, we, you know what, like, I don't have it all. And musically, I'm very limited in my ideas. Um, there's only a certain thing that I can do. But when you bring uh, this guy and this girl and this guy and this person and me together, we can do something different that is entirely unique to, to us, to our backgrounds and to our skills. And um, that, that can only happen with those contributions. So as a leader... It takes some intentionality to ask questions and, and bring people into the process. Uh, what do you think sounds good here? Or, or where do you, what direction do you think we should go? Um, what do you think we should do here? Just inviting and, and then receiving those ideas, um, being willing to implement stuff. Uh, along with that, kind of think the other side of the coin is actually leading and making decisions. Um, we can, uh, I think it can be a temptation when you're leading a band, when you're seeking to arrange songs, to kind of lead by democracy and like think, yeah, I'm really serving everybody and I'm really being humble. And at the end of the day, you've talked about 10 different ideas for this one bridge um, that like you just could have played through and just been done with it and it would have been fine. And the Lord is still going to speak through, through the truth in that song. Um, so we can kind of get lost in the, in the trees a little bit easily. Uh, and so as a leader, it's, it's our responsibility just to make decisions and say, you know what? Let's just do this, and we'll just keep going. Um, but again, that's in the context of 
humble leadership, affirming leadership, loving leadership. Um, but let's keep moving forward. Uh, so proceed with humility as a leader, as a participant. Uh, some of us, uh, even this morning, I wasn't leading. My dad was leading. When we practiced this morning, I wasn't making any decisions as far as, hey, this is what we're going to do in this song. He was. Uh, and so what does humility look like then? Um, I think a big part of it, and uh, one thing that I've been blessed by in playing with different guys, is take initiative. And uh, it, it can be an expression of humility when you take initiative because it's out of a heart to serve. Um, it's, I'm here to play a part, and, uh, and I want to help, help it be a success. And a success being that people see God for who He is and what He's done and respond to that. Um, people are captivated by His glory and by His Word as, as He's revealed Himself to be. Uh, so a big part of that is just thinking like a leader. Uh, I think that's, that's probably the most helpful thing. And these two guys, Jared and Jeff, that I play with, um, they both excel in this and just thinking about our context, thinking about where we're going and what we're doing. And uh, just, all right, how can I best serve? In this moment, how can I best serve what is actually going on? Um, it's huge. Uh, how can I maximize the contribution of others? Just how can I make everyone around me sound better? Um, and a lot of times that looks like playing less. That's normally like the good answer. Like in Sunday school, there's the kid that's always, oh, Jesus. Um, in, in the context of music, play less. Just play less. <laughs> Listen. Uh, and then, as a participant, be humble by willingly and wholeheartedly following. Uh, probably every time you play, a decision is going to be made, and it's like, no, I think this would be better. Um, but being okay to make this a success, wherever direction the leader is set, um, just go with it. And, uh, and doing it wholeheartedly, and, and doing it in an excited way, and knowing, I mean, the good and the bad of... God is going to use this whether or not it's my idea or his idea. Um, and God, God wants to meet his people when we gather, and he's going to do that. So, I, like, I can be okay. It's not going to, the Holy Spirit is not going to serve us today if, uh, if I don't get to play this hook, <laughs> um, which sometimes is how we act. Uh, and then be humble as a musician. I just touch on this, but listen to others as much as you do yourself. Uh, is just a, a huge, and it will totally sh- change the way you play. And I think it's it's especially important um, and often neglected for leaders. And it's something uh, I give my dad a hard time about a lot in a, in a uh, in a fun way. Um, but I'll play with him, and it's just you've got to play less. Like you're playing all the time, and like taking up all the space. And you've got a piano, you've got 88 keys, and like however many octaves you've got, and like you can just hit every part of the audio spectrum and leave no room for anybody else so it's like tie your left hand behind your back <laughs> and uh but we, we have a good time about it but uh it's it's important to listen to others um your contribution is devalued if you're not listening to others at the end of the day um if you're playing playing nonstop, making sure you are heard you're doing it wrong um as a musician, play to serve, uh, help others be, be better musicians, set them up for success. Uh, I think as, as uh, this is what I think bass players tend to do. Um, and it's kind of like it's a part of, a part of, I think the identity of a bass player in the context of a band is you're really setting other people up for success. The guy who played bass this morning, 
uh, he, he had a great, a great blend of, it's like you, you knew he was there, but you didn't really know he was there. Um, it wasn't, he wasn't doing a ton of flashy fills or anything like that. He, he brought in a little color at times to serve what was going on, but he was just up there laying a solid foundation, playing the right notes. And, uh, it was great. It was great. So that's, I think that's how a great picture of how we should, we should all play. And then, uh, again, proceed with humility as a Christian, uh, prioritize the word, not your gifts. Um, again, it's not about this hook or that fill, um, or this solo. Uh, it's about the word of Christ dwelling in people richly. And so we want to serve that word being sung. And so whatever that looks like in a moment, that's what we want to do. Um, and then prioritize the church, not your ideas. Uh, in that in that same vein, we we want to serve the people gathered here. Uh, my brother one time told me um, he was just like uh, talking about just his philosophy in, in leading. He's a pastor of a church in Arlington, Virginia, and uh, he was just saying, I mean, I think at the end of the day, it's really simple. Like when I lead, I just want people to sing, um, and we we want that's what we want. We want people to sing. I mean, there's there's more than that. We want them to sing about certain things and glory in certain things. But we want them to sing. I mean, we want to be a singing church. And uh, what we do musically can help that or hinder that. Um, so always be, be prioritizing the church in that way. Um, so that's, that's one section, just thoughts on arranging. Any, any questions or anything you want to draw out further? Um, so as far as like time constraints, yeah. like I serve in a church where we meet in a junior high auditorium. Yeah. The, the um, let's get to that in a second. In my next section, I'm going to talk about what, what to do when it all goes wrong, and I think it'll it'll give answer that in a good way. Um, any other other things? Uh, so, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, no, you're fine. You talked about um, prioritizing the congregation, mm-hmm. and uh, when you teach a new song, obviously there's a period of time where the congregation isn't quite as familiar, and it takes them some time to catch up. Are there any like tricks or tips that you guys have learned over the years that minimize that time for them to catch yeah. up where you are? That's a great question. Uh, if everybody didn't hear, um, just what are ways that we can better equip people to sing a new song when you're teaching a new song? Just because there's the the uh, a lot of well-intentioned people just kind of waffling all around the melody and uh, causing the church. Nobody in the church then knows how to sing the song. Um, so what are some ways that we can just better serve better serve people? Uh, a couple things. One is um, uh, this morning when when we played, we taught uh, a song. He was mighty. My dad didn't say anything beforehand as far as hey, we're gonna we're gonna teach a new song to probably many of you, um, but we did. We had I think my sister Mackenzie and my dad sang it the first verse. We're very intentional about stay on the melody. No, like just don't sing harmony, and until at least. I mean, at the very least, like, let's sing a verse and a chorus before there's any harmony. Um, but my, my dad, actually, I heard him say this to the vocalist today. This was just in general for the whole thing. And he said, sing melody as long as you can. And, uh, and for girls, that can be harder um, a lot of times. And we, we try to do things in keys that are within a range that women and men can sing at the same time. Um, but make sure the melody is clear. 
And so one thing that typically will happen is even if there are several vocals up there, it's helpful to have just one person sing it um, and instruct people, hey, we're learning a new song and uh, this is why we want to teach the song. This, this is like what Keith was saying. This is why the song is worth singing. Um, highlight those things. And then so just listen as we sing it through and, um, and then we'll invite everybody to join in. can be helpful. Uh, so those would be two things. Make, ultimately make sure the melody is clear and then uh, doing that. One thing that we've also done at times is if the song has multiple parts, like a lot of pop songs will have a tag or a bridge, and then we get to that part, like probably this morning for a lot of people, we got to the bridge of He Who Is Mighty, and uh, it's like, like, oh, I was singing, now I don't know what to sing. Um, it can be helpful when you're doing that teaching of the song. So we go through the verse, chorus, just go right to the bridge and teach that part. Maybe go back to the chorus and invite everybody to join in then. Um, different ways. I think there, we, we can tend to teach songs in a box. Like, hey, this is how we do it and this is how we're always going to do it. But just doing different things to engage people. Um, so it doesn't always look the same. Uh, so sometimes it's doing, uh, we'll repeat a chorus a few times just to help people learn the melody, sing it together. Uh, so all those things. It takes a little bit of intentionality and a little bit more time. But in the long run, it helps the church sing together faster. You, go ahead. Sure. Thank um, you for leading. The uh, one thing, just speaking to that, that I tried this year for the first time with uh, part of my job is leading the music for our high school ministry. So we have a bigger treat every year that we do. So we were doing just one or two new songs and the rest of the worship for the weekend and stuff we've done. Mm-hmm. I made sure that I made... Uh, Spotify playlist of all the songs that we'd be doing. We don't talk about Spotify. What's that? I said we don't talk about Spotify. (laughs) Well, uh, so I made this playlist and then we announced it and like sent it out, like put it up on the That's great. Like, hey, you can follow this playlist so that you can like be worshiping throughout the week. And when you show up, like the kids knew, even the new ones, like there's, I felt more of a majority of kids that were able to track with the new song right away. As opposed yeah. to that being the first time they've ever heard it is when we're... That's a great thought. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, there's people that do communicate ahead of time with their church. That's that's also a wonderful way to do it. And uh, and in, in some sense, it does build a, um, a a hymn book, a hymnal for your church. When you If you do that consistently, hey, these are the songs we're going to be singing. And then people can go back. I mean, I'm always amazed. Uh, I know Sojourn's done it for a while. But, I mean, they're the songs they do and writing out their liturgy and like actually being able to go back and see that Sojourn Community Church um, it, it's served me many times and uh, just okay that's like how you're thinking through that or that would be a wonderful song to do but all the more so how much it serves your people and okay these are the songs we're singing I want to be ready for that go ahead yeah it was kind of the same thing okay but we like our church not every church can obviously like I wouldn't expect every church to budget the same but we kind of um, our church is mostly, we have a lot of educators, we have a lot of like teachers in yeah. our church, and so we recognize that um, a lot of things function on academic calendar for us, and so a lot of kids won't be coming to programs because of sports or whatever it is, so they just spend a lot of time in the car. So our church, kind of how we function is twice a year, we put out a CD and say, hey, let this flood in your car, yeah. it should be in your wheelhouse, and um, slowly it really does, like one of our pillars with our worship culture is like, multi-generational worship. We want mm-hmm. our parents and our children yep. singing the same stuff. And so we want to give you the tools to be successful in that as we move into newer material. Yeah. Um, 
it's it worked for us, it might not work for everybody. That's great. That's a great thought. Very practical question. Yeah. Do you in, in terms of making uh, conceptualizing arrangements, do you communicate with musicians prior to rehearsal time? Um, if I was a better leader, I probably would communicate ahead of time. <laughs> um, I, have I ever done that for you guys in the couple years we've been playing? Maybe. Maybe once. Um, I think it's a great idea. and But one thing, one downside to it, um, and because I have done it before, I haven't done it in the past couple years, uh, but one downside is that it can put people in a box. It's like, oh, this song has to sound this way. And um, I want to be open to a song. If we're arranging a specific song, I want to be open to it sounding in a way that I didn't even think, like it just didn't even enter my mind. Um, so if I communicate something too much ahead of time, depending on what I'm communicating, but if I'm communicating, hey, I want this song to sound this way, maybe here and here are a couple ideas, um, it can then people are more about just trying to fit that their interpretation of the whatever I communicated uh, rather than just playing what I think is going to make the song the best together. You know what I mean? And um, and so that's what, I mean that's what I'll end up communicating to these guys. And it depends on the level of musicianship. So if you're working with uh, uh, more novice musicians, let's say, then more direction is probably helpful. And saying, hey, if do you think maybe you could learn this part, uh, learn to play this this way, and that can really help them become better musicians. Um, but then, as you have play with better musicians, it, a lot of it is just say, like, I would much rather you do what feels right because that's going to sound way better than you doing what I think sounds right in this moment. And then, if if it's not that good, then I'll just tell you, and we'll just keep moving. <laughs> like, we'll do something different. That's okay. Um, no hard feelings, but it's just that we want to have that communication. Like we, there's a there's a trust that we want to build with our teams as we encourage one another. That uh, like I can't be as good a I can't serve as well. I can't be as an effective musician, um, effective as effective of a leader, without these guys giving me feedback. Because um, I could just go on with uh, uh, cream cheese on my face and never know. Like, no one has ever held up a mirror to me and said, hey, you've got some cream cheese on your face. Um, I'll just go on and, like, have no clue. But I need these guys to say, hey, like, that guitar thing you're doing, you do on every song. Sometimes Jeff says that to me. He says, you do that picking pattern, like, every single song that you play. Maybe you should, like, do something different. Hey, that's a good idea. Um, like, but I wouldn't even think of it, because I'm just, oh, this feels good. Uh, so it's, so that, that kind of communication, I think, is helpful and making room for that. Um, so what do you do when it all goes wrong? What do you do when it's Sunday morning and uh, you, you're supposed to have an hour and 20 minutes to rehearse, but you show up and um, your drummer and bass player aren't there, and, uh, which has happened. Um, and then like you call them and you don't get through to them. And you're just, just kind of like, man, what are we going to do? And then, like, half an hour goes by, and then you get a text, hey, I just woke up, I'm on my way. <laughs> and, uh, and then you realize, like, it dawns on you, all right, the service is starting in 45 minutes, and we have five songs to rehearse. Um, like, what do you do? And, uh, and so that's, I mean, you, however, whatever that situation looks like for you, I think it's different for everybody, that just kind of nightmare scenario, like, 
I just want to panic and I want to throw in the towel and just go home. Like, can I get back in bed? Like, is that okay? Um, can somebody else do this this Sunday? Uh, those moments, how can we be a, just a faithful servant in the church? Um, how can we be a good steward? Uh, so, depending on how extreme that situation is, I mean, if, if we were talking about really like everything going wrong, we don't need music. We can sing and, uh, and being okay with that. Um, the power goes out, which has happened before. It's, you know what, like, although it's wonderful to use drums and use guitars and use pianos and all of these things, although that's great and it has its place, we don't need it. God is still worthy to be praised. And, uh, and we can sing His praise just as passionately without any accompaniment um, as with it. And so even doing that intentionally is great. Um, that's, that's extreme. That's not what I was going to talk about. Uh, but uh, so what do you do? First, I think most importantly is just as soon as possible, you got everybody there. Make sure everybody can hear. Uh, this this is all going to be really practical, by the way. Um, so make sure everybody can hear. Just what we'll normally do it doesn't matter how much time we have. We'll just start playing, and uh, depending on what your monitor situation is, um, or the front of house, or what, however things work out, just get to a place where at most everybody can hear, or at least everybody can hear the leader's voice and the lead instrument, whatever that is. Um, when I'm leading, it's my voice and my guitar, but a lot of places will have somebody else maybe is the, is the primary instrument. Make sure everybody can hear those things. Uh, and then everyone else within reason. It's like, do you know other people are playing right now? Yeah, okay, great. <laughs> Let's keep moving. So make sure everybody can hear, and then pray. Um, I was talking to the guys about this, and they're like, before I even moved on, they're like, wait, don't you want to pray first? And I was like, well, if I pray and they can't hear me, like, that's not worth it. So I want to make sure everybody can hear first, and then I'll pray. Um, so it's a great opportunity, especially in these, these moments of panic, but any time we gather together, acknowledge our dependence on God and need for God, and, uh, and then just, I mean, a, a wonderful opportunity to teach and to train and to just reorient people to, you know what, thank the Lord that He is using us this morning, he doesn't need us, and we are inadequate to do anything. Uh, but he is in the business of taking dead things and bringing life to them. Um, and he is in the business of changing changing hearts and changing lives. And we get to play a part in that this morning. Um, so thank you, Lord, for, for the, the part we get to play. Um, remind people of what really matters in that moment. Um, you know, it doesn't matter if you have, it, it's that, going back to even that justification by emotion thing, like so when you've got 30 minutes it's worth taking the 30 seconds to say in in your prayer even lord if we had three hours to practice or 10 minutes to practice or no time to practice you still love us we are still covered by your blood justified in your grace and uh and we thank you for that you're worthy to be praised because of that so just reminding our people great opportunity so pray make sure everyone can hear pray um and then prioritize uh this is where I think the, um, the battle is won or lost, let's say. Uh, so depending on how much time you have, hour and 20 minutes, 25 minutes, um, prioritize first within songs, prioritize transitions. And so as you're thinking about playing, spend time on where do we transition within a song? So how are we going to go from verse to chorus? Or how are we going to go from chorus to verse? Or how are we going to go from the verse to the bridge? Um, those are the parts of the song that you want to focus on. 
Uh, so if we have um, 20 minutes to practice five songs, and like literally if I played each song straight through, it's going to take 35 minutes or whatever it is. Uh, like I can't play the whole song in this practice, and that's okay. You probably don't need to. Um, I don't know if I've ever heard a, a, a train wreck happen in the middle of a course, like just a normal course. Um, like everybody starts playing the wrong chords, and like that doesn't happen. It happens at, at points of transition. So we should practice that way, and that's okay. Um, and it also helps our, our musicians, I think, be, be more flexible, be ready for whatever. Um, so we will, a lot of times, I mean, we do a lot of hymns, and a lot of hymns will have three, four, five, I don't know if I do many that have, oh, 4,000 tongues has seven verses. I don't do that with too many. But uh, a lot of verses, I don't, we don't need to practice every verse. I mean, we've played one, we're not, we might change chords in this one or this one, but pretty much all the same. So uh, let's play verse one. And then sometimes I tell them on the fly as we go, hey, let's go to verse four. Um, or I'll say beforehand, before we start playing the song, hey, we're just going to hit verse one and verse four. And then maybe I'll just say, and verse two and three, let's do this. Um, so again, knowing your context matters. Doing, communicating that kind of stuff, knowing who you're playing with matters. But uh, generally... That's, that's just a helpful way to think about how much time we're spending in a song. Um, so that's prioritizing, that's within a song, and then uh, prioritize transitions between songs. Um, so just knowing, all right, you're going to start this, um, and then this person's ending it, or this is how we're going to end, or we'll sing this at the end. Just having a clear idea of that, and then you're starting this is very helpful. Uh, so prioritize transition, then prioritize specific songs. Um, I've, so we've got five songs in 20 minutes. No, all right, this song, this song, and this song we've played, and I, I know these people are comfortable with it, so maybe we will just play a verse and a chorus and talk about, hey, this person's starting, this person's ending, um, and let's just hit the verse and chorus and make sure everybody knows how this song goes, <laughs> and uh, we'll move on. Um, but what can happen, too, is on the flip side, we can spend 15 of those minutes trying to work out just one part of one song, and it's okay to just simplify it. Or, uh, or if, if a situation is dire, not do that song. <laughs> the, the, show, the, uh, the, the church is still going to be built. People are still going to be served. Um, and uh, whether or not we do this song or not on this Sunday... So it's okay to say, hey, you know what, this is, really isn't working, so let's do something more simple, let's not do the song, let's change this, just being okay with that. Um, don't feel like you have to play every song all the way through, I think I've said that a couple times. Um, it's helpful to spend time on songs that are less familiar and more difficult. So if I have 20 minutes and five songs and I identify those kind of two or three songs that, hey, we're going to be okay on those, let's spend time on these two songs, play them all the way through, maybe revisit a part or two. Um, so make sure everyone can hear, pray, prioritize, review. Uh, and this, is, I think, especially when you have limited time, it can be the first thing to go, but I think it's probably the most important thing that you can do. Um, so review each song as you go. As, as talk through who starts it, and then and when you finish, hey, talk through it again. Uh, talk through who, who might be carrying each part. So if we've got a four-verse hymn that we're playing, um, and we we had already talked about, all right, yeah, I'll kind of carry the first verse, and then piano will come in, and on the third verse, let's go down to um, drums and bass, and then let's end with everybody in the fourth verse. 
just go back through that real quick at the end of the song and remind everybody, hey, this is what we're doing. Um, remind people how transitions are going to work. If there's something that kind of consistently seems to be a problem or a difficult part of a song, just go back over it. You can play those, those four bars, give people a little bit of a lead in, then play that part, and then play out of it, and then be done. I um, mean, we all the time will do, like we'll, we'll be going through something and want to go back and hit a part. And I mean, it could be the, the climax of the song or um, whatever it is. And uh, very engaging moment. And we'll just stop halfway through. And it's kind of like, oh man, like this was really good. But we don't need to keep going. We've got other things to move on to. And as we're leading and seeking to serve the church, we just can't do what we always want to do, <laughs> which is a good thing. Um, so review each song as you go, how it starts, how it ends, and then review the whole set of songs uh, before you end. Um, even this morning, my dad, at the end, he's like, last thing he did, hey, we're doing, or it's second to last thing he did. So you're starting this song, I'm starting this song, you're starting this song, you're starting this song. And just go back, go back through real quick. This is what's happened in the service. Um, so just again, reorient everybody, get everybody back on the same page, uh, starting and ending, and then always mentioning in that if there's planned readings or somebody's going to speak, I'll tell the guys, hey, I'm going to say something before this song, uh, just a reminder. So just people are a part of it and know what's going on. Review, review. Um, and then the last thing that we do is, again, limited amount of time is just play the beginning of the first song. And uh, it, it can serve your band in allowing everyone to just kind of get back. This is where we're going to be starting. So your electric guitarist, he's got like 500 pedals that he needs to adjust. <laughs> Give him a second to do that. Um, and then it serves the sound, the tech team, the sound guys, and just, oh, we're not ending with this. Ref I mean, you're not, the, the board isn't set at this kind of reflective song with the synth pad or whatever you do. Uh, but uh, it's like, it's ready to go. Um, so it's a great way to serve serve both and you and it's not like you have to play that whole song we just normally play the beginning of it and then make sure hey sound guys you good and then move on so that's that's how i think about i mean that i that was in the context of what do you do when it all goes wrong but that's how i think about pretty much every rehearsal that i lead and um it's uh it's it's been it's helped it's served me a lot um and just those ideas of prioritizing, not feeling like I have to do everything. I remember one time, probably eight years ago or so, my dad mentioned he was leading with me one time, and uh, I let the rehearsal. And he's like, you, you know, you don't like we don't have to play every every song all the way through. Like, hey, that's a, like that's a great idea. I don't. You're right. Like, I don't know why I always felt like I had to, but I don't. And uh, that really changed rehearsals. And um, and now. I think even like just thinking through this way, I think, and you guys can tell me if I'm wrong, but I think we practice better than I know that I ever have. Um, and I end more rehearsals early than I ever have before. And that's been the past few years. But it's a great feeling where it's like, oh, wow, we're not like rushing. Like, I still have to go to the bathroom and get a drink of water. Like, it's not like I can actually go say hi to someone and uh, go greet my wife and my kids and it's um it's it's great to be at that place and and i think you're you're more relaxed and ready to serve and uh so that's that's that side so go ahead questions yeah 
that's great. And I think, um, how do you like lead your team to have that same mentality of like, some people are like, we're not practicing the whole song. What do you mean? You know, like, how, how can you like instill like, eh, it's okay. We don't, we don't need to practice the whole song. I mean, do you put more of an emphasis like, We'll talk. We'll talk about it, um, and and take the. Um, I I think I can probably have a tendency to talk too much in our practices, uh, but I think it can. It, I, there's a part of it that builds us together through that, and so we know where we're going. And um, I want I want that pushback. If you're having that thought, like, oh no, we really need to go through that. There's there could be some legitimacy to that. And it's like, oh, is there something? Was there something not clear? Um, a lot of times, I think it can be like, well, I didn't really like what this guy was doing, <laughs> and uh, and so that's. A, I mean, hey, let's talk about that later. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Um, but uh, but we want to serve one another, and so I I want again, I want people to, I, they're involved. I want their involvement, and uh, I want them to be engaged and faithful what we're doing. So if you're feeling like, yeah, I'm not prepared to do this, then it's either you're kind of coming alongside them and encouraging them and actually you know what like you, you play really well and like you're you'll do fine <laughs> like you don't need to worry about that um and so there could be a theological component to that conversation it could just be practically you're good to go like you don't need to worry about that anymore um maybe ask them why they're worried about it those kinds of things uh or it could be oh yeah like we really didn't talk about what we're doing there so i totally missed that yeah let's go back and do that um helping people see uh, whenever we're spending in, when we know our parameters, whatever we give to X, we can't give to Y. Like something's got to go. And uh, so I think when people see that, that helps a lot. I think, um, I think it's a great thing to encourage people to practice outside. That's um, a, a challenge. Uh, I, I want people to have a vision for serving the church. And uh, so helping people connect the dots between what they might be doing on Tuesday night as they're sitting at home and thinking about just watching TV or getting sitting down at the piano and going through the songs for Sunday um, and, and giving them a vision for not just kind of like, oh, this will make it easier on Sunday morning, but no, I've got a chance to, to serve people and helping the word of Christ dwell in people richly. I don't want to be a distraction. And, uh, and so me sitting down and practicing, is an opportunity to do that. Uh, I love, uh, I think it's Piper, it talks about uh, undistracting excellence. Um, and that's, that's what we want. Like, I don't think we want, I don't think, I know, we don't, it's not about us. Like, when, we're in, when we are on a stage serving people or on the floor serving people, whatever it is, it's not about us. It's about Him, and all we want to be doing is pointing people to Him. And, uh, again, music can be a help to that or a hindrance to that. Um, and when it comes to excellence, there's that, uh, I think there can be a propensity to either over-prioritize it, like this really, this has to be perfect, um, and you miss what God is actually doing, <laughs> or to not place enough priority on it. And like uh, I think Keith talked about it today, just kind of anything goes. That mentality, or maybe it was Harold, but uh, yeah, and we don't want that. We want the Lord to be honored in all that we do, and we want the church to sing. God's Lord. Um, how often do you, like, or how soon do you communicate your set list? Uh, Ideally, I guess. <laughs> I mean, normally it's when we show up. Okay. Um, so no planning center. We, we, we do use planning center at church. Yeah. Uh, so there's two different contexts that I'd lead in. Yeah. 
Um, most consistently, it'd be like conferences, or not most consistently, chapel here at Southern. Um, I'll lead pretty much every week. And then, uh, and I actually do have to have a, songs in for that a week before. But I don't know if, do you guys normally look at that? Probably not. Yeah. They'll, they, it, it has to be in the week before because they print out an actual bulletin and they put the songs in it. So if they, in Tuesday Chapel, you'll see what we're doing on Thursday. Um, that's normally when they find out. As church, uh, we'll normally do, we'd love to have it done by Wednesday, but nor- yeah, yeah. but a lot of times it's not until Saturday. I think one of the things, um, and this is something we're still kind of processing and thinking through, but there's, there's something to be gained in having spontaneity and flexibility, um, and it gets back to the particular nature of the church. So at conferences in particular, we'll see, we'll do this the most, um, is like, I want to serve, I think last week or two weeks ago, uh, they had a conference here called the Expositor Summit, and um, I want to serve that conference, and I want to serve the word being preached there, and I want to help people be able to apply the word through the songs that we sing. And uh, so we, I'll plan, I'll have an idea for what I'm going to do for a few of the sessions, but then as we go, it's, you know what, let's not do that. Let's do this, this, and this. Um, but it takes time to get there, and it takes kind of equipping people. And most of the times, if we do a song of response, this is both at, at church or in chapel um, or at a conference, um, we, we might pick something, depending on how much of an idea. So uh, in chapel on Thursday, Carson spoke. I had absolutely no idea what he was speaking on, and uh, not a passage, nothing. I mean, I, he was going to speak from the Bible. And uh, so it was, I choose a song, and that's what got printed in the bulletin. I've, I've got the freedom to do something else, but uh, it actually ended up working well that time. But a lot of times it doesn't work, and so we'll do something else. Um, so being able to ha- have with our teams and in our culture that spontaneity is helpful. Because um, I, I don't want people to be too dependent on, oh, I know these songs a week ahead of time. So like I feel like we can actually play together that's all that said uh preparation is wonderful a plus uh faithful um any any number of things and uh the more we can communicate i think it it can it really serves people and and you might have people on your team more so than others where it's you know what this guy's playing this girl's playing piano on sunday and i know she'd really appreciate to have the songs uh, let's say Tuesday or whatever it is, however many days before, um, just being aware, like, we want to serve the people around us. Um, and I can, for me, like, it's with vocalists. Uh, I'll have different different vocalists sing with us, and uh, both on Sunday mornings and um, at Southern. And the more I can communicate up front with them, hey, these are songs you're singing, can you learn this new song? The better, because they don't appreciate it when it's they come and, hey, we're doing a new song. <laughs> It's easy, don't worry. Yeah. Man, it doesn't go where. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, interesting question here. What, what's your process for dealing with feedback? In, in a couple of ways, like, especially in the church setting, like, you know, there's always, you know, too many hymns, kind of hymns, too fast, too slow, mm-hmm. too loud. You know, you get those kinds of things, and maybe other areas, so there's, there's the immediate response to the feedback, and then how much do you let that influence, you know, what you do? I mean, I don't know if you have a process mm-hmm. or, or how you guys handle it. Yeah. The um, one, first, receive it humbly. 
I mean, like in the in the moment, it's uh, I think there there are things that people can say and moments that people can say things in or ways that people can say things that just kind of make your skin crawl and it's just like you just want to put up a defense, um, but just be humble and hey, thanks for doing that, thanks for sharing that, um, and uh, there you can go depending on what it is and who it is. I think those are the first two questions that kind of I go, I'll go to in my mind. So is this uh, like, is this just a, at, at a conference, uh, f- feedback at a conference, although I'm sure well-intentioned is just kind of like, yeah. I don't know you <laughs> and I think for sharing that, but like I, there's nothing I can do with that. Um, but in the context of the church, it's, I know this person and uh, you probably have some context of relationship with them. And so, um, filtering it through that, or if you don't have that relationship, ask somebody else, hey, this person shared this, what do you think? Um, not about this person, but actually about what they said. Uh, so the who and then the, and then the what. Um, so is this, is, is this hindering or helping the, whatever they brought up? So if it's just a preference thing, recognizing that. And, uh, and so evaluating your own heart, like is this something I'm, I'm just holding on to? Or it, do, is this really what's serving the church? Um, I don't want, I want the church to be welcoming to all people. So it's uh, old, young, um, black, white, uh, hymn singing people, pop singing people, whatever it is, it's, it's the gospel brings us together. The gospel breaks down those dividing walls of hostility. And uh, so that's why I want to receive that feedback humbly and actually, actually process it. As far as putting it into practice, um, and saying, oh, okay, we'll do that song slower every time now. Like, I wouldn't put myself in that box. Um, and I've, I mean, as much as possible, it's having conversations with people. People have all kinds of expectations about what we should do when we sing and, uh, and, and subjective opinions. And re- seeing them as subjective and upholding, these are our priorities. Like, we want the Word of Christ to dwell in people richly. And if... Um, doing this song this way or doing these songs will help us do that more effectively. We want to do that. And uh, so I always encourage, like, I think a lot of times people will bring stuff and I want to thank them for, in part of receiving it humbly, thank them for just their, their depending on what they share, their desire to, for the church to be served through what we do when we sing. I mean, a lot of things go unsaid. And uh, so, I mean, for every everybody that brings something, there's probably like 50 other people that are thinking something different or maybe the same thing depending on what it is and uh it's kind of kind of them take the time to do that um i think when we go to it can be easy to go to reading their motives like oh you're just saying that because we're that's the wrong path um that's that's a path of division so uh i don't have any systematic way that we'll deal with stuff because it's it can be so unique i think depending on the who and the what but is that helpful So you have two different directions. Am, am I right in your questions? I mean, one is about the click, and one is just about how do you communicate with the drummer, yeah. feel-wise. Um, 
Click, yeah, we do play with a click, and we play with click on Sundays, and we play with click at, at Southern. I was talking to someone about this last night, and just saying, um, with a click, it's like, it's, it's a wonderful tool, but it's a terrible master kind of thing. I mean, like, I think it can, um, if, we, if we become kind of like, oh, we always have to play this tempo, or as, even as we're playing a song, if we feel like we can't be slower, or we can't be faster, sometimes we'll set, a lot of times, we'll set a click in practice, and we start playing, and it's like, no, nah, this isn't this isn't the right tempo. And so being okay, open-handed about it, and being okay with turning it off um, at times. But that said, playing with a click is one of the most beneficial things I think um, I've ever done in, a, in the context of a band, and uh, it, because it helps people actually like rally around something. Um, and unless you have almost perfect time as a leader, it's like there. It's it's really hard for people to. People are going to follow the drums no matter what. So, uh, so the more clear and, and consistent you can have, as far as time, the better. Um, and then as far as communicating with the drummer, Jared, would you actually add anything as far as using it or? Um, well, I think it's also important to figure out who, when talking about who can hear, if. If half the band can hear the click and half can, I think flexibility is really the key there. So just being aware of who can hear it, who can, who can. And like Devin said, when you start, when you start a song, sometimes you realize this is what we practiced, and we're here because the person starting it couldn't hear it, which is no problem. But you just got to be flexible. And if you can't get back to it, then don't worry about it. And having clear communication as far as actually who's driving this bus. So it's not the when let's say if I start a song and I can't hear the click. I, I've been here. I've been playing with a wedge more recently, and so I actually don't have a click. Um, and uh, but knowing like I start a song, he's not going to force me to like speed this up 10 BPM. Like that would not be good. <laughs> that that would be a mess. Um, and uh, so just knowing. All right. Yeah. If I'm not on. Just kill it and just keep going, kind of thing. Um, and then communicating with the drummer. Um, let's, I, with time, come up and talk to me afterwards. We can talk about that. I don't have any great answers, but we can talk about it. Anything else? I don't, I don't yeah. Really, really Did you say a weird question? Yeah. Okay. My bar, I feel like, might be too high. I really push our musicians to practice really rigorously so that when we come together we're not wasting each other's time because we have we have parents we have mm -hmm. engineers they're not all mm -hmm. young college kids that are incredible gunslingers mm -hmm. so i want to honor everyone's time when we come together so i tell them practice hard let's come to work and then we can enjoy each other and worship um i want to be like super gracious and not like rigid but I, I think it's through planning we can be organic in services what are the pros and cons for you when it comes to shoot music on stage during the service? The, with what I was talking about with spont spontaneity before, um, I, sheet music can tend to be detrimental to that. Um, where it's, hey, what bar are we on? And uh, it's like, oh, well, we jump back. <laughs> right. And people are just lost. Uh, so, I mean, that, it, wouldn't even be, it wouldn't be something that we ever do. Um, and, and then... Uh, Along with that, 
And so, I mean, no, this is, this is not a, a prescriptive answer in any way. This is just kind of sharing from personal experience and just kind of my context. Um, we, just because of the occasional nature of the church, particular people, particular place, particular time, um, things can change. So, like, I can give everybody the songs, practice them this way, and, uh, but then come, come Sunday morning or whatever we get together and practice, what if we need to do something different? And, and are people willing to do that and open to doing that? Um, or is it, they're so ingrained and know that this is how it has to be. Um, that's just one of the downsides to just kind of, uh, not in a negative way, but overbearing in just, hey, let's, let's get this ready to go. That said, I think the priority on um, honoring other people's time and just being aware of that uh, is huge. So what time you show up to practice and how prepared you show up to practice they affect other people. Like I know, like it, we tend to think it's just about us in those moments. Like, oh, it's okay if I stop in, at Starbucks on my way in. Like, I'll just be 15 minutes late. Like, everybody will be fine. Um, I really need the coffee. Whatever it is, it's like, well, it actually does affect a lot of other people. Um, so, so communicating those things and having that as part of the culture is great. We want to be there and we want to be ready to serve. Uh, but I think having having an openness. Um, and just kind of giving giving people the tools they need to be effective, but uh, maybe the maybe the question could be, how can we practice better, um, like in that time? So we've got an hour and a half.